when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good, Shane. It seems like every damn day we're on pins and needles. (laughs) Is this damn season going to take place? You know, here's how crazy things are getting. For anybody that missed it, Florida State president here on Thursday said, yeah, with the ACC, we got a meeting. We're going to discuss the season. And immediately everybody, oh, my God, ACC's pulling out. The season's done. (laughs) And then about five minutes later, he, he clarified, hey, we're we're voting to, to go ahead with the season. That's what the meeting is. So it's like, <laughs> man, any any and all news is coming out. It's just it's getting out there. It's getting going wild. But uh, you know things are progressing well. I'm seeing across the mm-hmm. SEC, all the numbers are down with the coronavirus. The college football playoff committee has announced oh, yeah. they're going ahead as scheduled. And check this out. This is pretty funny. There's a you know there's 13 committee members from across yeah. the country. Several of them. Their football programs have been canceled, but they're showing it up to do this college football playoff committee, buddy, because we're going forward. Absolutely, buddy. Full steam ahead. And, you know, it's so funny because, like, Twitter's been unbearable, Mike. You know, I, let's just let's just let's call it what it is. There's sometimes I don't even want to log on, but whether it's coronavirus fights or whether it's politic fights mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, but. I'm a loving it right now, Mike. I'm a loving it because it's just nonstop football memes, you know, just making fun of other conferences. It's it's the SEC getting fired up because we're going to have some damn football. It's just fantastic. Uh, you got Dan Wolken soaking up there. You know, it's just it's I'm having a great time right now, Mike. And I don't think anything's going to slow it down. I think college football is a go. Uh, you know, I mean, they did all, they spent all that time making the schedules. They, 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 they got together again. They said, you know what, we're going to do this. we got the other conferences backing them up. They're seeing 
the the heat that these other conferences are getting from pulling out of college football and then coming out with these stupid reels about, oh, you know what, we'll be back in spring. It's like, no, nah, no, you won't, you know, because guess what, Mike, the coronavirus will still be around here in spring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's move ahead. There, I, I just – that part drives drives me nuts because you know the the, uh, the Big Ten has uh, who was it Brom up there? He came out with the thing saying, right. you know what, we could do this. We can have we can have a spring football season. Uh, college can play on Sundays, and then again we'll have we'll be ready for next fall. So you're saying that there is a higher risk right now of catching the coronavirus, getting you know, uh, hurting your players. There's a higher risk for your players now playing fo- uh, football in the fall than there is pushing this thing off, having two springs, or, or having uh, two seasons in one year, letting these boys play two full seasons. Which one do you think? And the disease is still going to be present, Mike. It's not like it's just, you know what, it's, it's done. It's still going to be there. I just I, I don't get that mentality, and I know we're not a Big Ten podcast. Thank God, uh, we're talking <laughs> SEC football, so I'm going to bring it back down. I have a sip of beer, but I'm just going to say, Mike, I'm happy with the direction of the SEC. Well, yeah, you said it there. I mean, you said a mouthful. Shane's fired mm-hmm. up, and I'm going to fire mm-hmm. him up a little bit more here because if anybody missed this clip, I think this guy nailed it. Daily Show host Trevor Noah, I believe this guy's name is. For some reason, they were talking Tennessee football. My God, I thought I had to share this. Was, this is pretty funny. If you told Tennessee fans that their football stadium was going to be moved to the surface of the sun, they'd be like, well, then I'll find a seat on the shady side because this year is going to be the Vols year. My God, it's the Vols year. I mean, it sounds like Cousin Shane, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, buddy, I got a chair. I'm ready. Wherever you want to play, whether it be the face of the sun, whether it be a Walmart parking lot, the balls are going to go 10 and 0, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was just talking about how, you know, wild these, all the news is where, you know, we jump on everything that's out there. And speaking of Tennessee, uh, the Chancellor came out here on Thursday, said there's going to be no tailgating. Neyland Stadium is going to be severely uh, limited in the capacity. And then the school comes out and says, hell, we're going to allow individual tailgating. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know what, who in the hell to believe, but, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, they're not going to stop people from enjoying themselves. Exactly. And I, Mike, I just, sorry to go back, but I wanted to give Ant Rayford a shot there on Twitter. Uh, Ant-Man, he's the one that sent that over, said, Cousin Shane, I think he's talking about you. Laugh my ass <laughs> off. <laughs> But back to so so what's going on with the tailgating thing? Because I, I kind of got a little uh, bit of that too today. What so so we can't have tailgates on campus, but we can off campus. Is that what we're is that what the thing is? Well, the chancellor said no tailgating on campus. Mm-hmm. We put that out. Everyone picked it up, and then all of a sudden Tennessee says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. no school sponsored <laughs> tailgating, whatever the hell that means." So individuals, <laughs> it sounds like they're going to let them. So. If you want to pull up in your car and drink with your buddies, I think they're going to let you, but yeah. I don't know. I have no idea how that's going to work. I, I guess they're still kind of working these kinks out, but basically I think if your party gets too big, <laughs> they're going to shut you <laughs> down. So uh, like I said, that, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but I don't know what this is the difference between no tailgating and then individuals can tailgate, but I'm going to tell you 
Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter what they got going on inside the stadium. You are not going to slow down what's going outside the stadium. Right. I tell you what, these guys have been cooped up, man. Everybody's been cooped up for a whole damn year because of this coronavirus. And now here we are. We're, we're tailgating. We're eating chili. We're eating wings. We're having. We're grilling out. We're drinking beer. We're having a good time. No mask. Don't you think – that the party ain't going to be going down because I'm telling you right now, now that's the, the Tennessee's going to do everything. The university Ole Miss is going to do everything they can to keep everybody out of the Grove, you know, but they're going to be loose, Mike. These, these guys have been cooped up for so long. They've been looking forward to this for so long. Uh, I, I just don't think that the, anybody's going to be able to slow down the tailgating. No. And I think the point being is all these schools are probably going to come out and say something similar to this. And the yeah. whole point is liability. To where they're saying, you know, we do not sanction massive tailgates mm-hmm. this season. We just can't have it. But they're not gonna right. they're not gonna enforce. Like I said, you and your buddies want to kick back some cold ones and ha- mm-hmm. hang out. They're gonna allow that all day long because they simply can't stop it. So uh, yeah. now, if it's like I said, if it's two, three hundred people, <laughs> they may they may break that up. But uh, and anything you know under that, I think they're gonna be cool with it. And that's just the way it is because, I mean, that's SEC country, baby. We like to party. We love our football. And there's no slowing that down. No, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, the big thing here, enough Corona talk here. We obviously got the SEC additional games last week. We had the uh, emergency podcast. If anybody missed it, you want to see me and Shane fired up about uh, what they did to (laughs) Arkansas, Missouri, and all these schools. You know, we're still waiting for the full 10-game schedule, how it's going to lay out exactly. Still waiting for that from the SEC. But uh, Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M AD, you know, he discussed Texas A&M getting Florida and Tennessee on their schedule. And, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting because he had kind of admits here Arkansas kind of got the shaft. So <laughs> I want to c- cut it over to Ross Bjork, who talks a little bit about that. And then he talks about the timeline for the SEC revealing the full we, – we've got the teams. We just don't have the dates and everything lined up. So that's going to be coming pretty soon. But Ross Bjork was kind of like the first one to go on record and give this information. So let's kick it over to Ross Bjork, who – this comes from the 12th Man Podcast. We've got Ross Bjork with us, our AD, right here on Studio 12. And when you get to the football component, we learned that uh, two additions to mm-hmm. our – 10-game SEC schedule, the Gators and the Vols. Hey, we always wondered when we're going to Knoxville. <laughs> Perhaps it's right here in 2020. Here we go. That's right. <laughs> uh, how much can you tell us about what went into the addition of, of the two opponents for each team? Everybody's going to have their thoughts on it. Each school's right. going to have, way. Hey, why'd we get this? Why'd we get this? Right. Can you tell us what went into it and, and your feelings about Florida and Florida here and at Tennessee yeah. being our two additions? It was um, it wasn't just a cookie cutter process because of the un, you know the just this is now thrown on the SEC's lap they've got to come up with some sort of of plan it couldn't be uniform across the entire conference but what they tried to do was create some sort of balance so we have South Carolina and Vanderbilt so their programs maybe are in a different place I'm not going to judge them but hey they're in a different place. Mm-hmm. And then we also got Florida, who's probably viewed as the second best team in the East behind Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then we got Tennessee, who's kind of emerging. Mm-hmm. 
So the balance piece was a part of it. But then we also look at other programs like Arkansas. Eh, there wasn't much balance there. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. They got Florida. And uh, who was the other one? Georgia, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. And LSU got Missouri and Vanderbilt yeah, from yeah. the East. So mm-hmm. that part, it, it was hard to achieve across the board. The other thing that they tried to do <clears throat> was try to avoid any repeat matchups mm. from last year or repeat mat- matchups next year. So for us, avoid Georgia. We mm-hmm. already played them. Mm-hmm. And avoid Missouri. Yeah. Now, again, that didn't apply. It couldn't apply across the board, but that's what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. So – it's all relative. It's SEC. I mean, it's the toughest <laughs> conference. It's the best conference. But, hey, look, it's, it's an opportunity. You, you play this schedule and you win nine games, even eight games, whatever the playoff and postseason, hey, man, you're, you're right there. You're right there in the playoff conversation mm-hmm. uh, because it is tough, but you have success mm-hmm. and you're, you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. How close might we be to the dates? Uh, Game days. Yeah, getting there. You know, I think we need a little more clarity uh, around sort of the landscape of college athletics, and, and we hope to have that in the coming days. Uh, that that just says that we're going to continue to move forward. So hopefully, we can put those dates out there. Uh, we just have to, like I, I think we said this last week, we have to assume that everything just starts over. They'll try to protect some of the traditional rivalries at the end of the season uh, for those games. But it just may not be possible, uh, depending on on how everything shakes out. So, I don't think by the end of the week, but maybe sometime next week, we could have uh, a full calendar of the dates. All right, Shane. So, like uh, Ross Bjork says, this is kind of what I'm hearing too. Mm-hmm. Sounds like next week we're gonna get the full schedule. And I guess they just got you know. There's a lot. Of, like I said, I mean, any and every decision out there is getting picked apart, and there's things mm-hmm. to look over and. And all this going on, so the SEC not in a rush to get this schedule out. But uh, what were your thoughts on what uh, Bjork had to say, and and uh, particularly about how the SEC kind of went about figuring out which teams to add to the schedules? Uh, Mike, I ju- it's again just more confirmation that the season's going to. I mean, I hear news like this, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I'm glad that Texas A&M's looking forward to this game. Myself, I, I'll I'll say that uh, you know the last. One we had down there was a heartbreaker, you know, so it's going to be not – have we ever played – has Texas A&M ever been at Neyland? I don't think so. Well, they will. It may be empty, but <laughs> – <laughs> It may be like the – what is it, the 12th man? There may be 12 men up there. <laughs> the real 12 men. Oh. <laughs> uh. Leading beautifully right into my show topic here, Shane. So we got 14 games that were added to the SEC schedule last Friday, two per team, 14 matchups here. I ranked all 14 in order of uh, the the best games that I think we got out of the schedule release. So you ready to talk some SEC football? Right, yeah, man, this is your list, right? And I have nothing to do. I'm not voting or anything. I'm just criticizing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm ready, buddy. Well, let's start at the bottom of the list. This is one that we took issue with when it was released. Dead last game, LSU at Vanderbilt. And, you know, it's really nothing against these two teams, but, hell, we just saw this game last year. Just saw it. And, the, you know, the, the main takeaway from that one was LSU fans – Traveled like, like crazy. I <laughs> like to drink up in Nashville. And uh-huh. who knows if they're going to be able to do that this year or not. Let's hope they do. But, 
Yeah, I don't know. LSU at Vanderbilt, I'm not too excited about that game. What What are your thoughts? Same. You know, honestly, like I said, the only few things I remember about that game was like the crushing alcohol sales and the fact that Joe Burrow brought half a state down to watch him play. <laughs> that's that's all I remember from the Vandy game. <laughs> Number 13, Arkansas at Florida. Florida, number one team in the SEC East, in my opinion. Arkansas, man, just a tough, tough draw going to Gainesville. But, hell, at least we get Felipe Franks back in the swamp where he's had some success. <laughs> but aside from that, I cannot get too excited about this matchup. Yeah, what about that? That's a little bit of a storyline, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, granted, I don't think these these two teams are on the same level, but uh, – uh, again, any given Saturday, you never know what's going to happen, and we don't know how many fans are going to be there. Maybe a good, good ball game, but uh, I just like the the fact Felipe's going home. So uh, let's see, let's let's see that storyline. All right, number twelve on my list: Georgia at Arkansas. <laughs> so we got both the <laughs> Arkansas games here. This is why I was so pissed off at what they did to the Razorbacks. But I mean, this is going to be a terrible mismatch here. We get the Sam Pittman factor. Getting to see Georgia, yeah. so there's that. But again, beyond that, well, Felipe Franks once again against Georgia, but he never had a ton of yeah. success against them either way. So, uh, thought right. thoughts on that matchup? Uh, kind of the same, same storylines there. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to any college football game, especially SEC play. But yeah, I could see why you put this one a little bit further down the list. I, it's just, it's just a game that. You know, a couple of years from now, we may be talking different story, but going into this season, it's that's a that's a rough draw, man. Mm-hmm. All right, number eleven on the list: Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. You know, any game with the Pirate going up against Derek Mason, coach defense, that's going to be interesting. But mm-hmm. the, the the Pirates, the Commodores. I mean, oh, there you, you know, go. I didn't think down. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a little something there, <laughs> right? So. Uh, you know, we're getting near the top 10 here, but, uh, you know, this could be an interesting matchup. You know, I, I'm pretty high on Mississippi State, but you just don't know with the new coaching staff, whereas on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, hell, Vanderbilt, uh, they beat Missouri last year. Remember when Missouri was like 5-1, and one, so uh, right. there's a possibility here that Vanderbilt sneaks up on Mississippi State. I wouldn't expect that, but you just never know. So this is, I think, going to be a little bit better game than the games we've mentioned so far. Is this a home game for Vandy? No, a home game for Mississippi State. Oh, okay. All right. All right, number 10. So we've rounded out the top 10 here. Alabama at Missouri. Mm. And normally, you know, you look at these two teams, say that's a terrible mismatch as well. But, hell, we got Coach Drinkowitz out here. He's just getting me fired up for this Missouri program. I mean, hell, it's mm-hmm. like he wants to face them. I feel like he's going to have – some outstanding comments to say about Nick Saban uh, before or <laughs> after this game. Probably he'll probably hold that till after the game. But uh, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know. I mean, Nick Saban, we all know him as a defensive guru, mastermind, but he's never faced this Eli Drinkowitz offense. So I'm just kind of interested to see what Missouri can do against Alabama. That's right, man. And it's not just. Eli getting me fired up. It's the fans. I don't know if you've noticed, man, but anything that comes out, any hype, anything, I'm telling you, there's a lot of fans that are, that are really buying into this new zoo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm eager to see it now. And I'm not saying that, 
you know, this is going to be any type of ball game. But, you know, if it's an early game, you know, if it's right out of the gates and you don't know what Eli's going to run, you, you don't know, man. Anything can happen. So, yeah, this is a good ball game. All right, number nine on my list, we're sticking with Missouri. Missouri at LSU. What a draw here for the Tigers, but uh, LSU, wide open offense, Missouri hoping to do the same if they've got the weapons to do it. You know, one other thing I, I do want to mention about Missouri, this had not really hit my radar, but uh, I apologize because I, I don't recall the outlet that had this, but someone went around the state of Texas mm-hmm. and was asking the high school coaches, who's the best player you ever saw, the best quarterback? the best athlete, and, you know, they were asking them four or five different questions. Yeah. And you got a wide range of answers, but two or three of the guys said the best quarterback they ever saw in the state of Texas high school football was this Sean Robinson, who's going to be Missouri's quarterback likely if he, if he wins the job as expected. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, a complete question mark. I'm not saying he's going to come in and dominate the SEC by any means, but, hell, if Missouri's got themselves an answer at quarterback – in a new offense, you know, we they've got weapons at receiver. They got running backs. I'm thinking Missouri could be maybe a, you know a lot better than what I'm anticipating they are going into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be, man. You know, of course, Eli came out you know earlier this week and said that there's no separation. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but. You know, when when the pads start popping, man, who knows uh, if he emerges? And uh, I mean, it's, it's just like any game, Mike. If you if you got a if you got a quarterback, it, it's it's an equalizer. You know, it, right. it makes some. You know, you never know going into a game what could happen, especially if he gets hot. So uh, you gotta like that if you're a Zoo fan. But on the switch on the on the flip side, you know, this is a game against the Tigers, and there can only be one winner and. I tell you, there's going to be a lot of questions answered in that. I feel like this may also be an earlier game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it could be a trap game. We don't know where they're going to put it. But uh, I still think that this is going to be a pretty good matchup, you know? Yeah, and I'm also thinking about it like this. Because all these games are non-divisional games, Yeah, I think there's a really good chance the SEC schedules the vast majority of these at the very beginning of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to factor in. Well, of course they factor in in the SEC standings, but you know none of these games are going to decide either division. Right. So I think that makes sense to put them early. And all, I'm just talking myself into this matchup here. But hell, we got LSU with so many new pieces. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some hiccups there. And this is how you prove yourself if you're the new zoo taking on the defending yeah. national champions. And LSU does not know what it's like going into a game with that target on their back like they're going to get mm-hmm. all season. So, again, I'm trying to talk this one into, <laughs> into a matchup here, but I think, I, I think I've done it. So, I, hey, if we're already at number nine, I'll tell you the rest of these games are pretty awesome. Absolutely. All right, number eight on my list. I really like this matchup. Ole Miss at Kentucky. Now, obviously, the Wildcats are going to be you know a big favorite in this matchup. But we got Lane Kiffin, Mark Stoops, and we got John Rice Plumley going up against, you know, what should be a really good Kentucky defense. Now, the Rebels probably can't stop Kentucky from running the ball, so they're <laughs> going to have to probably score with them in this matchup. But I think this could be a sneaky good game. 
Yeah, and and it's just one of the it's one of those games too that can get off script real quick. You know, if if Kentucky finds themselves in some sort of a shootout, then you know this is a this is a totally different ball game. But if Kentucky's able to, you know, establish that running game that you mentioned and and just run all over Ole Miss, then you know they could do what they've done in the past and just chew the clock up and, and win the ball game. So. But if there's, you know, the deciding factor obviously will be Kiffin. What's he going to do? You know, what type of offense is he going to run? And I'm sure he's going to have a few cards up his sleeves when uh, when uh, the Big Blue Nation comes in town. Mm-hmm. All right, number seven on my list, South Carolina at Ole Miss. These teams played a couple years ago, and it was quite the shootout. So I, I think I maybe factored that into my ranking a little bit, just how much I enjoyed watching that matchup. But, you know, this could be, again, I think – South Carolina could be sneaky good this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're a lot better than their record showed last year. They just had some tough injuries, had an incredibly tough schedule, and losing your starting quarterback week one just kind of kills your season there. But, you know, I think at the same time, a lot of these games, like the Missouri matchup, we already knew South Carolina was getting mm-hmm. against Ole Miss. These are these are almost do-or-die games, if you're Will Muschamp, because you can't yeah. in year five be losing these first-year coaches – but at the same time, they're do or dies because on paper, you've got as much, if not more, talent. You've got the continuity of your program. And I know there's a new strength and conditioning coach there at South Carolina, but you know it's not going to be night and day different than what they're already established and already doing there in Columbia. So I like this matchup for South Carolina, but at the same time, I feel like Ole Miss is a team. I know I'm picking them last in the SEC West, but – I think there's a good chance that I'm completely wrong at Ole Miss, and they're they're very competitive, and I could see them being competitive in both of these games. Well, you know what I like about it, Mike, is it's it's like the next gen too. When you look at these two teams, you you see you see youth across the board. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of names that that aren't big hitters right now, but will be. So it's a glimpse of what's what's happening in the future. You know, you've got Jerry on on one side, you got Lloyd on the other. You got Halinski on one side, you got Plumley on the other. You know, there's just there's just so many just just gems on both of these squads and uh it's going to be nice to watch this game and, and let them get the the highlights they deserve so uh i just like i said i think it's just just a glimpse of of what's to come with these two programs all right number six on my list i think you're gonna like this one shane mississippi state at georgia so the mike leach offense against kirby smart's defense and you know we don't know yet how good georgia's offense is going to be but you know, the plan is for them to have something similar to Mississippi State's offense. So they, they're they going to want to spread it out, throw it a lot. Uh, surely surely they're going to utilize their outstanding running backs. They've got so many good ones. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this got potential to be a really high-scoring game. And I know Georgia is probably going to have not only the best defense in the SEC, but in the nation next year. But... I don't want to call it a flaw of going to this offensive system because I think they had to do it if they want to win a national championship. But look at what happened to LSU last year. You know, when you're out there scoring at a crazy pace, yeah, you are throwing your defense out there constantly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a danger that I look at when I see this game because I think no matter how good your defense is, Mississippi State under Mike Leach, you know, he's a good enough coach to scheme up some mismatches and get you in poor situations. So, right. 
Certainly not saying Mississippi State's going to go into Athens and beat Georgia, but I would not be surprised if, you know, this is a really, really entertaining game. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Mark. I mean, because you, like you said, you think about that LSU team last year, and and it wasn't that they lacked talent. It's not that they didn't have a great defensive coach. You know, they had all the pieces needed to play that hard-nosed LSU defense that you've seen in years past. But you just can't when you're on the field. When Joe's scoring in 15 seconds, you know, <laughs> you, your ass is going to be tired. And that's just – I don't care. I mean, this is Division One. This is SEC ball, and, and these teams are at the top, you know, like Georgia. But you're still only so deep, and eventually that depth could catch up to you if you get in any type of shootouts. But, you know, who's to say that this game – you know, does it turn around and it's a 19-3 slugfest, you know? That's that's just – I think coaches – Kirby's good enough to, to, to realize, hey, you know, there's going to be times that we don't need to be uh, high-flying, that we do need to slow this thing down up, chew up the clock because they still got a great line. They still got great running backs. So, uh, it's, it should be a hell of a matchup, though. And and wouldn't that be something if it got in a big shootout? That'd be that'd be right. That's exactly what the Pirate would want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, number five on my list, Auburn at South Carolina. Well, this could be an intriguing matchup. I haven't seen these two meet in a while here. And we've got – you know, Will Muschamp used to coach at Auburn. Yeah, it was briefly, but uh, we've got that scenario. He punched. He punched the board in Auburn, right? No, I think it was, I think it was at Texas. Oh, but I, I guarantee you he punched a board or two down there <laughs> at Auburn. <laughs> it just was not video taped. You know it, but uh, you know I don't think. Um, like I said, I think South Carolina is going to be better than expectations, and I don't think Auburn's going to be as good as they are. I could be wrong, but. I think this is the potential. This is the type of game, if you're Will Muschamp, you get you get off that hot seat if you beat Auburn at home, and all of a sudden, you know, it seems like South Carolina's they're pretty good when no one's expecting anything from them. They're bad when they're when they got high expectations. Yep. The same as Auburn. So maybe we flip flop these expectations. Auburn's number eleven in the nation. South Carolina people ready to fire Muschamp. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is there's pressure on Gus. There's and there's going to be no expectations on the South Carolina Gamecocks to win this game. And that that may just uh, be the recipe for them pulling the upset here. That's right, man. And and that's one thing you got you can't overlook any team in the SEC, Mike. And and, and South Carolina is a prime example with Georgia last year. You know, just mm-hmm. any given Saturday, the boys could show up. South Carolina's got plenty of talent to go toe and toe with Auburn. But if Auburn just thinks they're just gonna breeze through this thing, that that's exactly what Muschamp and the and the and the boys want, you know. Man, you just hit on it though. I mean, that's that's the incredible part of this entire schedule. Ten SEC games. Yeah, exactly. There's no offseat. There's no there's you can't you can't say trap games because you're playing SEC opponents, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people are gonna come out and say, Well, what about Vandy? What about Ark? No, I'm telling you, man. You sleep on any team any Saturday this year, and you're screwed, buddy. So uh, that that's what I like about it. There isn't none of these cupcake teams anymore. Any given Saturday, any team can win a ball game. If the, I mean, sometimes the stars got to be lined up, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it could happen. Yeah, and imagine. So we're talking Auburn here. What if they were coming off? They just played Georgia, Tennessee, LSU and then play South Carolina. You know what I mean? So you may look at this yeah. and say, well, hell, Auburn beats, that beat the hell out of South Carolina. 
Not if they just played that damn murderer's row. You know what I mean? Like they're (laughs) going to be stumbling into this one. So I do wish we knew the entire schedule, but you know, there's a lot of variables here, but, and that's really what I got in mind here for number four on my list. This is going to be a sneaky good game. I, I tried to hit on it on Friday and outside of Lexington, I, I think people are overlooking this team, Kentucky at Alabama. You want to talk about having a target on your back. Alabama's going to have it when, you know, the program with the chip on their shoulder, they're probably going to be like a 30-point underdog or something crazy. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to beat the, beat Alabama, but I think they'll give them a game. Hey, dude, I'm telling you, when this when this first thing came out, we got – I think we got more heat from Kentucky fans than anybody. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just – why not us? That's the mentality they have, and kind of the same storyline we're we're going to continue to go with. Why not Big Blue Nation? Why not the Wildcats? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They've got what it need, what they need to win games. They've got a good defense. They've got a great offensive line. They got, you know, they've got talent on that roster. Uh, There's so they're more seasoned than Alabama. You know, maybe that uh, becomes a part. I, you just there's so many. Variable, so many things happening. Alabama could easily look over Kentucky. It's not, it's not a squad they face that much. But I'm telling you, Kentucky last two, three years aren't the same Kentucky that Alabama faced the last time. Mm-hmm. All right, number three, we're in the top three already. Tennessee at Auburn. Mm-hmm. We saw this game a couple years ago. Tennessee pulled the big upset on the plains, headed back down mm-hmm. there. We got Gus Malzahn and Jeremy Pruitt going head to head once again. They used to do that annually. For years and years, so uh, they just took a one year off. Now they're back at it, but uh, <laughs> you know I think there's going to be a good deal of revenge factor for Auburn. There's going to yeah. be Tennessee wanting to prove they're for real that they deserve to be in the top twenty-five. I think this is a really good matchup, and I could see either team winning it. And it's kind of funny because you know I, if you remember this game when we when it got when it was over with, and of course. I was I was on cloud nine, obviously, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But if you remember, the one thing that we took took away from this game was Pruitt out coached Gus. I mean, that's yeah, hell, he was calling it, out the plays before they it, took exactly. Place, you know? It was just that's what it came down to, and it just felt like maybe Gus was overlooking it. Maybe the Auburn, you know, it was a it was an earlier kickoff that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but. I'm telling you what, uh, he's not going to be overlooking the the you know the balls this time, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think this is going to be one hell of a matchup. But we got two more games here: Texas A&M. We talked about it at Tennessee. You know, I'm very high on Texas A&M. Maybe that changes a little bit after they kind of got the short end of the stick here on the SEC added games. But still, think the Aggies are going to be really good making that trip up to Neyland Stadium. This is a game that really, really intrigues me here. What are your thoughts on Texas A&M at Tennessee? You know, the last time these guys played, I, I, I hit rock bottom, Mike. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I was, I was not. We were on. I mean, because we just pulled off the upset before the big comeback, and then we had the, the hail mary with Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. then we go to Texas A&M. We're out of this thing, Mike. We're out of it. And then all of a sudden, just little things started happening. You know, we had the fumble back in the end zone and, and this thing going to overtime. And I'm like, holy shit, Mike, this is our year. You know what I'm saying? 
this is this is the Tennessee. We're on the face of the sun, you know what I'm saying? I've got a last year saying we're going undefeated, baby. But I say that to say this. It when it ended, that whole season fell apart. This, you know, so I when I think about the Texas A and I think about that's when the ride was over for us. You know, so it's good to have these guys back because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of Aggie a lot of Aggie fans out there that are overlooking Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of Tennessee fans that are looking forward to this ball game. And I'm one of them. Uh, I'll never forget that. What is that kid's name? The, the fullback. Oh, I couldn't stand him there. Uh, Colin Gillespie. Oh my God. Is that his name? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was down there for eight years, you know, but I was finally, I was so, because if you remember that was targeting, you know, I'm I'm still throwing that out there. But, uh, yes, this is a game that I'm, I'm excited to watch, and I'm glad that they're coming up here. Uh, you know, this this should be a good one here. All right, number one game on my list. A lot, the only one remaining, obviously, Florida at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. These are the two teams I predicted to win their divisions. So going head-to-head. Hell, this was the game I picked for Atlanta. So I don't know if they're still going to do it now that we've, we've got all these – added games and everything but still anticipating a hell of a matchup here and we'll get to see these teams could still meet in atlanta but we'll get a preview of it at least here in the regular regular season dude this this could be a hell of a ball game man i mean if if you were to ask uh mr michael bratton he would say this is the best in the west and the best in the east so uh yeah this is a hell of a matchup kind of surprised you didn't have this thing first it is number one Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we already did the list? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Well, no wonder you put it there. <laughs> oh, man, i got to slow down, buddy. <laughs> I'm ready to talk college football night. I thought we were just on number five. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's those are those are the games we got. And, hell, I'm just fired up uh, for them to get here, man. I wish we knew when they were happening. Just think about that, Mike. You know, here we're talking about Texas A&M. Great. I mean, they got to go through the West. A gauntlet, man. And they still got to play Tennessee. They still got to play Florida. You know, that's what we're dealing with this year, guys. I mean, if that doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know what will. I mean, I'm telling you, if you if clear your Saturdays, there's no more bye weeks, man. Think about it. Those, you know, those shit weeks they stick in there week two week three whatever and people are getting married and you got to go to those damn things you know what i'm saying ain't nobody get married we ain't supposed to have crowds i ain't wearing masks i'm gonna be at the house watching football. and if tennessee's not on guess what there's five other freaking games on that are fantastic it's gonna be one hell of a fall yeah, and don't get married in 2020 anyway, Mike. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, damn, everything is going on. That's the last thing you need to do. So go ahead and postpone right. that bad boy. I'm, I'm sure she, yeah. I'm sure she won't mind. She won't. She, if, and if she does, she ain't the one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you got anything else b- before we piss off all our uh, female listeners here? <laughs> I got some reviews, Mike. Let me get that out. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. First one comes from Woopig12, the GOAT of football podcast. Five star. Well, this is the best podcast to listen to about the SEC football. As a Razorback fan, it's nice hearing reassurance about the Hogs. Love what you guys have been able to do and hope nothing but greatness. 
Woo Pig and Go Hogs. Well, Woo Pig 12, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Woo Pig. Next one comes from W Copper UK Go Big Blue Five Star. Best SEC football coverage on podcast. Y'all do such a good job covering relevant and interesting topics. Thanks for the Southern atmosphere. It's just like talking football with your buddies. Thank you for also doing your best to stick to football during all this crap. Go Cats. Well, W Copper, it's tough, but I appreciate (laughs) you. Yeah, thanks for that one, Copper. (laughs) Next one. This one comes from Sparty Al. Great show. Five star. Wish us Big Ten fans had a show like this. Love the analysis. I very much appreciate these guys. Well, Sparty Al, I appreciate you, and I, I'm so sorry about the Big Ten situation. If I was running that conference, you'd be having football in the fall as well. Yeah, well, just uh, listen to us this this year, Sparty. We'll give you some uh, yeah. SEC. Maybe we you'll become an SEC convert here. Absolutely. Sparty Al, you know you know what? You should be a Tennessee Vol fan. That's who you should be. <laughs> Next one comes from Manny, the Gator Nation. Obviously, he would say, no, don't be a ball fan. But this was amazing podcast, five-star. Thank you guys for keeping me sane since March. This is the absolute best football podcast that keeps you informed, on your toes, and makes you want to drink. <laughs> Y'all might be fall fans, but you call it how it is. Go Gators, Emmanuel. Well, Emmanuel, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for that one, Manny. All right, this one comes from Cook 98 This SEC podcast, five-star. That SEC podcast is one of my go-to podcasts that makes me that I make time to listen to. These guys have been entertaining not just during football season, but also during sportsless pandemic. Their Twitter accounts are also highly entertaining, I especially, <laughs> I spe- especially when you piss off a rival fan base, <laughs> which is often. All in all of the highlights of the week is always listening to Mike and Cousin Shane, and for that, I am thankful. Well, Ball Cook 98 I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Cook. Next one comes from Gamecock, JB. Great podcast, five-star. Really enjoy listening to these guys at work. Talking SEC football helps the workday go by much faster. Well, Gamecock, JB, I understand, and I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, JB. (laughs) Dude, I listen to the podcast to get the day by. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Next one, J-Pops 12, 2020 football schedule, five-star. What's up, Mike and Shane? I enjoy the show and listen every week with the breaking news coming out about the two teams added to each SEC opponent schedule. What do you think the 2020 season will be like now that A&M has Florida, Tennessee, Bama, and LSU? Also, what do you the what do you think the 2020 season will be like for Arkansas as well as they now have to play Florida, Georgia, Bama, LSU, and A&M? Please check out my YouTube page. Well, all right, let's do that. Also, thank you guys for following me back on Twitter. Well, Jay Pops, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank Giga you, Pops. Maggie. Uh, as his questions here, what do you think about? Uh, I got to be honest. I'm thinking Texas A&M's got a lot harder path to winning the SEC yeah. West. So I'm not thinking they're going to win it now, to be honest with you. But I don't know. I'm not really, really ready to make my official picks till we see the schedule breakdown. But you know, the confidence I had in the Aggies kind of shaken. And mm-hmm. almost the same thing with Arkansas because now we don't got these layups on the schedule. Yes, we got rid of Notre Dame, but my God, I need to see how it shakes out. But kind of like I said during when we were breaking down these games, I think they're probably going to get Florida and Georgia right off the bat. So 
<laughs> my god, that's just, it's going to make things that much tougher, but better things are ahead for Arkansas for sure. Although, and also, and you know, that was one of the things that came up when I was talking about, uh, you know, Georgia getting this cupcake added to schedule, you know. You, you know, I, one thing I didn't factor in is who they're actually playing. And it's almost identical to what Tennessee has, except <laughs> Texas A&M. And uh, they, they got some other yahoos. So, you know, it's 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 any given Saturday, man. I'm telling you, we're, we've not seen anything like this. So, yeah, did Arkansas get, get screwed? Possibly. But you know what? They can only ruin it for somebody. You know what I'm saying? And so they're they're going to be breaking a new coach, breaking in some new players. Uh, who knows? They may come out with a couple of victories. So I'm I'm not willing to close the door on Arkansas. Arkansas's out there. They, they need to be a nightmare. They need to be a team that no one can sleep on. Next one comes from Jay Friend 2140, best SEC podcast, five star. If you are an SEC fan, you are missing out if you're not listening to these guys. Mike and Shane are fantastic to listen to. It's the highlight of my week when I when they put out a new podcast. Go Vols. Well, Jay Friend, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Jay Friend. So I appreciate everybody, Mike, man. I'll tell you, these the ratings and review really have shot up this year. And you guys, I, I'm sure you see it, Mike, because you're out there melon koozies every day. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I really do. I appreciate everybody. Bottom of my heart, if you've got an Apple product and you can get on there and give us a five-star rating, Mike will send you a koozie of your choice. It's, still, it's, a little, it's the least we could do uh, for you guys helping us out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that really helps the show grow. That's why we ask you to do it. So we appreciate each and every one of those. So that's why we send you a beer koozie of your choice, free of charge, just by giving us a five-star written review. And uh, and I think that's going to do it, Shane. So thanks as always. If you got the koozies, man, send pictures with beer in them. I love it. Every time we, I'll, I'll retweet you. If I'm not following you, let me know. I'll follow you, man, because I, I just I love seeing them out and about, man, holding a cold beer, especially when I'm at work. And I'm like, golly, I wish I was on that boat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, no, I think that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>